Are you looking for a new way to play fantasy sports? Well, we've got you covered. Welcome to Champions Round. Welcome back to the Champions Round show. My name is Jason Gold, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Michael Grandinetti. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jason. We got a Lakers W last night. We got a Dodgers W last night. And now we're getting ready uh, for another week of NFL football. You know, if, if these injuries could die down a little bit more and these postponements, we could figure that out. I'd be perfect. So, but considering I'm doing okay. Yeah. I mean, Lakers and Dodgers, that was uh, a fantastic night. If you're from Los Angeles, uh, yep. if you're not from Los Angeles, maybe not so good for you. <laughs> um, Lakers look like they have a very clear path to a championship at this point with Bam and Goran out, mm-hmm. at least for, it looks like game two, at least they're going to be out. Um, the Dodgers, who knows? The baseball is such a crapshoot at this point, especially in a three-game series. Yep. Uh, all right. It was a good so, start. Good start for the Dodgers for sure. But like you said, baseball, anything can happen. We've seen it year after year, and it's kind of what we're seeing now in fantasy football. Anything can happen, and who's going to weather the storm? Yeah, especially with all the COVID stuff. Obviously, we know that the Titans Pittsburgh game has been postponed because the Titans have nine people within the organization that have tested positive this week. It looks like that's going to be the only game that's postponed. The Vikings haven't had any uh, positive tests, which is uh, a positive. Um, so if we only lose one game, great. Uh seemed like the protocols seemed to work. Um, so that's also a positive, and we'll see, uh, we'll see when they reschedule that game. Yeah, they're saying postpone at the moment, and I hope they're able to make this up, at least just for record-wise and, and just uh, for the other teams in the division that maybe – are relying on on these on these games to happen and it's just it seems like there's going to be some real shuffling here on on finding that game to happen and i believe pittsburgh's got a eight and tennessee's got a bye week in week seven so it doesn't really match up there and we'll really see what the nfl is going to do here to to get that game on the schedule i hope they're able to figure it out yeah it seems like that pittsburgh and tennessee are going to play week seven and then the baltimore pittsburgh game that's taking place in week seven will be moved to week eight um, it it's relatively clean for that change to happen, but yeah. as we get more and more COVID cases, you know, hopefully not, but it's probably likely that there's going to be at least one more outbreak. Uh, hopefully, it's just as easy to make up that game. We'll keep our fingers crossed. You know, we saw two outbreaks in baseball this past season, and baseball was a little bit easier to kind of make games up with with the double headers and whatnot. So, uh, if that's the change that they're going to make, that seems pretty safe. But let's just knock on wood that. That's the only change they're going to have to make here. So let's jump into some fantasy questions for week four. Uh, Ultimately, that's why we're here. We're here to make some decisions and to try and help you build the best fantasy team you can for week four. So first question of the podcast is from the running back position, which running back would you most want to trade right now? So sell at their current value. Kenyon Drake, Joe Mixon, or David Johnson? It's a great question because we've seen how quickly value can change in fantasy football from from literally week to week. And the guy I would want to trade the most is Joe Mixon. I wasn't high on him going into the season. I just think that situation is isn't ideal for lack of better words. He's a good running back. I don't know if he's one of the elite running backs in the game. He just got paid, so you thought he was going to get the volume, and even the volume hasn't even really been there to a certain extent. I mean, he's only got seven catches so far on the season, uh, 52, 52 carries, which is nice, but you thought he'd be more involved in the passing game, especially with a Cincinnati team that you figured would be trailing 
uh, most weeks, which has been the case. So I would like to trade Joe Mixon, but I don't think you can get anything for him. I think the person you could probably get the most for is David Johnson. And so if you're looking to trade, you need to upgrade other positions or you need to use a running back that you have to upgrade that that position as well. Maybe go and get a better running back. I think David Johnson still has the best trade value here out of the three guys, but he's actually the guy I think has the best outlook across the season. So it's a really tricky question. I think Kenyon Drake has struggled, but I see Arizona continuing to, I see him being involved in the offense moving forward. So it's a guy that I don't think you really want to sell too low on. And, you know, Joe Mixon's value is really depleted here. So I think David Johnson has the best trade value, but I'm not sure you actually want to move him. So I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at right now. It's it's an interesting question in that I actually think that if you put them all on the open market, I think you'd get the most return back for Drake uh, Mm -hmm. because his stats have been okay. He's still getting a lot of usage, and he was a first-round pick, as was Mixon. So I, I think that Drake probably has the most value, but he's also the one that I don't want to sell on. I don't want to sell on Drake or Mixon if you have them. I think that they are going to produce more as the season goes along. Mixon, I mean, there's nowhere to go but up as long as he's healthy. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, they're going to get him more involved. Yep. But they have to. Um, I would probably sell on David Johnson, too. You know, he hasn't had a ton of production, but he's still scoring touchdowns. He's been a reliable RB2 in fantasy. And I'm not sure that that exists for the entire season just because of he's going to get a ton of usage. The Houston offense is kind of a wreck, although, you know, they've, they've played such a gauntlet. It's kind of hard to tell what they are right now. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't want to take the risk on David Johnson for the whole year. So that would probably be who I would want to sell, especially if you're looking to get back uh, a wide receiver two or a tight end one. I think it's probably a good piece and you could probably find someone on the waiver wire or the uh, injury that's going to replace David Johnson's value. And you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It really depends on your holes on your team and, and where you need to find find a need or fill a need. So if you can upgrade there at wide receiver, at tight end, then you know all these guys can be possible uh, trade pieces for that. It's really interesting. I The Kenyon Drake thing, I – I wasn't really necessarily super high on him and, and we've seen, you know, his games being kind of up and down so far. He's getting the volume still. So I going to pop at some point and, and the mix in, he just, his trade value is too low to get it to really capitalize on that. So it's really interesting. It will be in a few weeks to see where these guys are at and where that value changes again. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the second question, which is who do you trust more over the next three weeks? So round one and champions round. Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, or Robert Woods? Another great question. I mean, Tyler Lockett, wow, just coming off an absolute huge game last week against the Cowboys, caught nine passes, 100 yards, three touchdowns, and he's been the best receiver so far out of the three um, that we're talking about here between him, Amari Cooper, and Robert Woods. However, I think there's a little trick question that you set me up here for, but week six is a bye for Seattle. So I'm actually going to pass on Tyler Lockett here. I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. He's got a pretty favorable schedule coming up against Cleveland, the New York Giants. Fairly tough matchup against Arizona, but he's going to be there for all three weeks. So I think Tyler Lockett might actually score the most points out of all three guys in the next two games. But because he's not going to be there for week three, I'm going to go Amari. He's been very consistent. He hasn't gotten the end zone quite yet, but I think um, he's just as solid as they come as far as uh, reliability. So um, I think Tyler Lockett actually could finish with the most points in these next three weeks minus one game 
but I'm going to go Amari Cooper here. Uh, it was a sneaky question, so good one picking up on that. Uh, <laughs> my answer, actually, I, and I've been huge on Amari this year, but I think it's Robert Woods. Uh, I love the way that he's playing. I w- love the way that uh, McVay is calling the offensive plays, and I just think that he's going to get it done over the next three weeks. Amari not getting into the end zone is so concerning, mm-hmm. and their schedule gets a little bit more difficult. Uh, I just don't think that he's getting targeted in the red zone. Uh, it's Dak running. It's Zeke running. They haven't really thrown that much in the end zone, honestly. Uh, they've broken off a couple of long plays, but Amari doesn't really break off long plays like that. So right. I, I would I would go with Woods. But, yeah, Amari is a close second there. I mean, Rob Woods, it, it is great how McVay, he's a uh, a focal point of the offense, regardless if he's – uh, in the passing game, like we saw early on in the season in week one against Dallas or last week against Buffalo, or even just bring getting the ball on, on reverses and, and end of rounds. Um, it seems like Mavey wants to get him involved. So it, that's not a bad pick there with Robert Woods. All right, let's go on to number three, which is who would you rather have a QB for the rest of the 2020 fantasy season, Jared Goff or Joe Burrow? For me, this one's Goff. I, and it's no slam against Joe Burrow. I think he's shown some really great flashes, and I love what he can do with his legs. I actually wish he would use that part of his game a little bit more, and he's been incredibly impressive in his first three weeks as an, as a pro player. But we were just talking about Woods, and I think a lot of the same could be said about Jared Goff. It's just dialing up the place to put these guys in successful positions. And Jared Goff, he finishes as a top-10 fantasy quarterback there in 2018. Had a drop-off as far as where he finished as a fantasy quarterback last year. A lot of that had to do with his touchdowns. He dipped all the way. He dipped down to only 22 uh, throwing touchdowns last season, despite throwing for 4,600 yards. He's kind of looking more like that guy we saw in 2018. So, Jared Goff here. I actually am going to take Burrow. Uh, yeah. I think that he's going. I think he's going to run the ball more as the season progresses. I think he's only going to get better as a passer. And I, I don't see Goff's upside any higher than what it is right now. I don't think that he's going to be able to play better. I think they're going to go more towards the run. So I actually kind of lean Burrow, and I like the fact that he's going to be behind in every game. He's just going to get garbage points. He's going to do what, like, Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan have done forever. So, I yeah, I kind of lean Burrow here. Right, and if he's able to pick up more and more yards on the ground and start running some touchdowns, then, hey, you might have picked – you might have got the winner there. All right, let's go on to number four of this segment. Give me one player that you're buying low on and one player that you're selling high on. We were just talking about two quarterbacks there, and I'm actually going to go for another quarterback here on buying low, and I'm going to go Deshaun Watson. Now, we've talked; it's been talked about, at, you know, countless over the years, just being able to get value at the quarterback position late in your draft. And so I tend to be somebody who picks a quarterback late as well. I think you can fill the other positions get really good value from your quarterback later in your draft. Deshaun Watson is one of those guys who went in the upper tier of the quarterback positions, maybe in like the fifth or sixth round. And I don't think his value is going to be any lower throughout the course of the season than it is now. I think his schedule has been, we've talked about it, the gauntlet the first three weeks for the for Houston. Starting to let to lighten up in a big I I'd like to make a move to go get Deshaun Watson. I think that could pay dividends for you down the line. As far as selling high, I think Keenan Allen is one of those guys I'm looking at. Uh, the Chargers, even though uh, Justin Herbert has shown some signs of being the guy 
uh, worthy of that number six overall selection in the NFL draft. I think he's also shown that he's still a rookie and it's going to take a long time for him to become one of those elite guys. And even though they have a connection there, it looks like between Herbert and Keenan Allen, he's coming off a giant game, Keenan Allen is. And I think if you can get, if you can sell him at that uh, borderline wide receiver one, upper tier wide receiver two position right now and capitalize on that, on that trade value at this current moment, I think that'd be a good time to sell on Keenan Allen. Those are both really good. Uh, the player that I am buying low on is going to be J.K. Dobbins. I like I that. I think that it, I th- Ingram looks cooked to me. Mm-hmm. His, his yards per carry is terrible. He looks old. I think that as the season goes along, the Ravens are going to depend on Dobbins more and more. And if you can afford to hold him for a little bit where he's probably only going to be averaging you know less than double digits per game, I think if you get to week eight, nine, he's someone that could turn into a league winner for you. And I think that people that have drafted him expected more and maybe they're willing to trade out of him now. So I would be trying to go get Dobbins across all leagues. Um, in terms of selling high, you know, I, I really like this guy for fantasy, but I think that he's like his value can't get any higher this season. And that's Josh Allen. Mm, that's a good one. I think that he could have a, a monster season still. He could be, be a top five fantasy QB, but I think the people are viewing him right now as maybe like the second or third best fantasy quarterback. You may be able to trade out of him. It's easy to replace quarterbacks in fantasy, and you may be able to actually get a top flight wide receiver or running back if someone's desperate for a quarterback. Uh, so that would kind of be one guy that I would be looking at selling high on right now. It's interesting you brought him up because that was another guy I, I circled as well. And it's so interesting with this. It's kind of like the stock market. It's when do you get in? When do you get out? Because at any moment, an injury could happen, uh, position could change, or you know something crazy happens during a game that, that alters that value. So um, it is really interesting. I, I like both those picks that you had, though. All right, let's move on to week four. Who'd you rather? So we're going to do one at uh, running back, wide receiver, and tight end for this week. Let's go to our matchup number one, which is David Montgomery versus Indianapolis or James Robinson versus Cincinnati. I'm going to go James Robinson here slightly. I think Nick Foles starting for Chicago, him becoming the starting quarterback now, I think that helps the Chicago offense across the board, not just David Montgomery, maybe potential more red zone opportunities there, but also guys like Allen Robinson as well. But James Robinson, Really great since he's gotten the since he's gotten the call and become I guess quote unquote the featured guy there in Jacksonville. He had a really great game on Thursday night against Miami, albeit, but um, he's going against Cincinnati this week, who's also struggled to um, to contain running backs there. They're giving up over 180 rushing yards per game over the first three games. So uh, for me, between these two, I'm going to go James Robinson. Yeah, this one's actually tougher than I thought it would be. I thought mm-hmm. it was a slam dunk for Robinson, but. Montgomery, I think that they're going to move the ball against the Indianapolis defense. I think they're going to have a couple of red zone opportunities for Montgomery. And there's no Tariq Cohen. There's no one else in that backfield right now who's going to get the ball. I think it might actually be a smash spot for Montgomery. I'm not saying that Robinson can't have a good game against Cincinnati. He's certainly capable of doing it. But I think that Montgomery is someone who could potentially score two touchdowns this weekend. So I'm I'm torn, but I, I think that I'm leaning a little bit towards Montgomery in this matchup. Yeah. Awesome, for sure. All right, let's move on to number two, Mike Evans uh, versus the San Diego – or San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Won't and be the last I'm time. Ne- I'm never going to get that right. 
and Odell Beckham at Dallas. Who do you got? This is a great one. Uh, a couple big name uh, kind of superstar wide receivers here who have struggled to get, you know, out of the starting block to uh, to start the season here. Mike Evans had a big game last week, I guess you could say. I mean, he caught two touchdown passes, but it was only two catches of the, of the game. They both went for one yard. So um, I'm putting I'm putting big game loosely to, to describe that Mike Evans performance. Um, he seems like he hasn't really developed that connection with Tom Brady quite yet. So I'm actually going to go Odell here, which is interesting because it seems like him and Baker are still trying to get on the same page there in Cleveland. But Dallas has just the defenses. The Dallas defense has had problem after problem this so far this season. We saw what Seattle and Russell Wilson did to him last I guess we're not talking about exactly the same caliber of offense between Seattle and Cleveland, but I think there's going to be yards to get there for the Cleveland offense and for the Cleveland pass catchers. So I am going to go Odell to kind of break out and, and have another big game like we saw on Thursday night a couple of weeks ago. These are both guys who I think could have absolutely huge weeks this week. The Chargers are decimated in the secondary right now. And I know that he only had two catches for two yards and two touchdowns, which is one of the most insane lines I've ever heard. But <laughs> without without Godwin there, Scotty Miller's a little bit injured. Evans might be the guy for them. Right. Uh, and if he's not going to face anyone in the secondary, I think it could be a huge week for him. And Odell, I mean, Dallas is just terrible defensively right now. I'm not sure that their game plan is going to be to to throw the ball as much as you would like if you're on Odell. Uh, I think that it could just be a, you know, a chub and hunt scenario where they just run the ball 40 times. That might be good enough for them. But based on how Russell Wilson was throwing the ball around on the Dallas secondary, you know, Odell over the top isn't the worst thing in the world. So I could see him having a long touchdown. But uh, in terms of pure, pure fantasy points this week, I think that I'm going to have to lean Evans here. It'll be interesting because especially when you talked about Cleveland, I mean, the, the chub and Kareem Hunt, combo right there that's the only way Cleveland's going to be successful to win games actually and I know they're four and a half point underdogs this week so not many people are expecting them to win so that definitely cuts into their their running the football definitely cuts into Odell's usage so that's definitely a factor going in I you can't go wrong with Mike Evans here all right let's move on to the third matchup which is Tyler Higby hosting the New York Giants versus Zach Ertz, who's traveling on the road to face the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday Night Football. Who you got? Another tough one. Uh, you kind of just look at the the name and you kind of, Zach Ertz just kind of sticks out at you, but you can't, you know, Tyler, Higby's is, Tyler Higby has shown from the start of, or from the, uh, the set, that he's a quality tight end in the league. So I am still going to go, go Ertz here. I mean, he's improved each week from reception and yardage perspective and has been targeted at least seven times in each game. The Eagles lost Dallas Goddard, the other tight end. To, he's now on the IR, so I think that opens up even more opportunity for Zach Ertz, even despite going against a tough San Francisco San Francisco defense. I just think he's going to have the volume there to, uh, to outperform Higby, especially with the Rams. There's too many mouths to feed on that offense. We were talking about Robert Woods earlier. You got Cooper Cup. You got Daryl Henderson emerging emerging, and he's going to get these carries. So I am going to go Ertz, but this one was this one was really tough for me. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for me, too. I think that for me, it comes down to I know what Ertz's floor, in, as long as he stays healthy, is going to be. He's going to get a lot of catches and probably a decent amount of yards. But I don't know if he's going to get in the end zone. Higby, you know, it just seems like he's getting in the end zone every game at this point. And the Giants defense actually hasn't been terrible this year. But traveling on the road after such a disappointing loss to the 49ers, I think that Higby could have a big game, too. Um, 
This one's really tough. I think that if I were if I had both on my roster, I would rather play Ertz because I know what the floor is. Right. But I think that Higby could easily outscore Ertz by, you know, double digits. So it's really tough, but I think I would lean Ertz. I think it's that classic thing of a floor versus ceiling. And I'm with you. I think Ertz has the has the higher floor, but I, I think Higby has got the much higher ceiling. So it is really interesting there. All right, let's move on to our best bet for week four and a fantasy breakout star for week four. So, Mike, I'll let you take the floor. So we'll start with best bet. Um, I'm going to go here with Seattle minus six and a half at Miami. I know that's probably the furthest destination a West Coast team can go to the East Coast, Seattle going down to down to South Beach. But this one just kind of is making me scratch my head a little bit. Vegas obviously knows are usually, or at least they usually do, with uh, the Seahawks only being six-and-a-half-point favorites. Even them on the road, I'm going to give up the six-and-a-half, and I expect Seattle to cover big here in this one. So that's my lock of the week is Seattle minus six-and-a-half at Miami. And then my past, my uh, my breakout stars are – I, I kind of cheated here. Uh, I just went the Houston Texans pass catchers. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out whether it was going to be Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller or if it's going to be both of them. But they're going against Minnesota, and Minnesota has – we know has struggled so far this season. The Vikings haven't had their normal practice schedule with the facilities being closed. I believe they're opening up tomorrow. So everything's been remote as far as uh, preparation for Sunday's game. And I just think that that uh, Houston's going to kind of break through. They've had the tough schedule, and this is their game to really get back on track and maybe get in the win column. So I'm going to go Houston Texans pass catchers, whether that's Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, or both of them. But uh, I kind of cheated this week. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so best bet, I think amongst <clears throat> the NFL week so far, this has been my toughest week in terms of figuring out where everything stands with gambling. Um, I don't really have a one line that jumps off the board to me. I like a couple, but they're all very square. So I'm a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Baltimore could, could smash, um, uh, you know, coming off a of Monday night loss at Washington, Washington might be without Chase Young. I think Baltimore could win by 21 at least. Um, I also like Arizona in a bounce back spot at Carolina. You're never going to get a lower number on Arizona or a higher number on Carolina after their win at the Chargers. So that might be a really good spot. And then I also kind of like Atlanta, Dan Quinn fighting for his job. You're getting the hook in Green Bay on Monday night plus seven and a half. Those would kind of be my three, but I don't have a mortal lock of the week. Um, in terms of my fantasy breakout star for this week, I'm looking at Hunter Renfro, the Las okay. Vegas wider, Las Vegas Raiders uh, wide receiver, um, at home against Buffalo. Buffalo secondary a little knocked up after the Rams game, and you saw that they could throw on them, especially you know in space in the crossing routes. I think that's something that the Vegas Raiders will utilize, and I could see him having a big game. Also, Vegas is dealing with a ton of injuries. Uh, at the wide receiver position, Ruggs isn't going to play. Brian Edwards isn't going to play. Renfro's their number one guy at wide receiver. So I think that he's going to be good, be targeted a lot, and he could have a huge game uh, for the Vegas Raiders. I could see it. It'll be interesting, and we'll see how our predictions go. I, I can't remember who you picked last week. It was for Washington, right, the running back? Uh, Antonio Gibson. Did he, how, how did he do? I can't remember. Uh, he did okay. I think uh, he scored a touchdown against the Browns. I think he had like 10 or 11 points. That's right. That's right. I picked, uh, and I, I pronounced his name wrong on the show last week. 
Yeah, it's LaVisca. I watch videos on him. I love the guy. He didn't break out the way I thought he was going to last week. But my guy, Justin Jefferson, I was one week late on him. So uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm predicting LaVisca to, to do the same and fall suit and also have a big game. But we'll see. It'll be interesting to keep tabs on these uh, as Sunday comes around. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that does it for this week's episode. We will be back next Thursday. Until then, Mike, take it easy and we will see you later.